Aftershock. Shock. Four days, October 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2021, with Metallica. And the much anticipated return of My Chemical Romance. Aftershock, Discovery Park, Sacramento. Two different nights, two unique sets from Metallica. With My Chemical Romance, Rancid, Social Distortion, Rise Against, The Offspring, Mashika Kelly, Gojira, Seether, The Pretty Reckless, Full Beat, and a special Thursday night headline set from Limp Biscuit. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for more. Aftershock 2021, October 7th through 10th. Metallica, My Chemical Romance, Limp Bizkit, Social Distortion, Machine Kelly, and more. Don't miss Aftershock. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Nick, got a phenomenal episode today. Singer Todd Michael Hall, you might know him from The Voice, you might know him from Riot, and a plethora of other uh, musical projects, but he's got a new solo record out, so we uh, we discussed all about that, and being on The Voice, and it's very, very good, got a very classic rock vibe to it, uh, it was ri- co-written with one of the uh, guitar players from Metal Church. So we get into all that, get into a lot of his career, man. It's really, really good stuff. So I'm excited for everybody to hear that. To keep up with everything on the podcast, you know where to go on the old, the old social medias, including the old Twitter machine at Nick's RNW Podcast, Facebook Rock and Wrestling Podcast, and Instagram Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Leave a five-star review if you think I've earned it, as well as go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash RNW Podcast Store or RockandWrestlingPodcast.com for more merchandise options, as well as Patreon.com slash RNW Podcast. Appreciate everybody's support. Man, we're just jamming along. Hope everybody's ready for the summer. Looks like there's going to be some concerts going on around and things, life getting back to normal. So, Without further ado, on the other side, great, great singer, even better human being, Todd Michael Hall. 
Aftershock 2021, October 7th through the 10th, Discovery Park, Sacramento, with two nights of Metallica and the much anticipated return of My Chemical Romance. Aftershock with Rancid, Limp Biscuit, Social Distortion, Rise Against, The Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly, Seether, The Pretty Reckless, Full Beat, and more. Go to AftershockFestival.com for everything. Don't miss Aftershock. All right, it's a pleasure to welcome this man to the show. You may know him from The Voice, Riot. By the end of this, we're going to know about all his new, his new solo record. Uh, Todd Michael Hall, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so let's start there because uh, it's a debut solo record, and it's been, it just recently released, and I wanted to start. How's the response been? Because the first two singles, man, I've been jamming those. I've been listening to the record up and down. It's really just like classic rock sounding. It's really, I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. You know, I, I like it. I, you know, I've been getting, uh, you know, we've gotten some great reviews and a lot of great comments from people. And, you know, it, I, it's hard because you get yourself in your own little vacuum of, you know, social media where the people, you know, like, so you don't know if you're always getting like, <laughs> hey, is this objective, uh, you know, opinions, but, uh, but so far, you know, people have really liked it. And, and uh, so I'm really happy with the, you know, well, I was, I'm really happy and really proud of the product. And so obviously you hope you reach people. And that's my goal is just try to reach people with music and, and you know, touch them in the ways music has, has uh, been the soundtrack of my life, you know, all these years. And just hoping to be able to do that for other people also. Yeah. So let's kind of talk kind of the amalgamation or the, the process for this record. Because you had uh, one of the guitar players, if people aren't familiar, from Metal Church was kind of like your co-writer along with it. So how did that all come about? and the writing process and how did you guys work together and decide on this? Cause obviously metal church is much more aggressive music than your solo stuff. So yeah. how did this all come together? Cause I'm very interested to hear about this whole relationship and the writing process and the making of the record. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause a lot of people are like, well, it's Todd from riot and, and Kurt from metal church. Just ought to be some blistering metal. Um, <laughs> And I, I think what happened is, you know, I had, I'd been, I've released like seven heavy metal albums in the last 10 to 12 years, I guess, or like over a decade span. So I was definitely in the mood for something a little different. Um, and, and so for a solo album, I, I didn't definitely didn't want to make something that would sound like Riot either, because I'm already in Riot. Um, and uh, I had approached Joe from Rat Pack Records because I, I do write my own music. Um, but you know, I don't play electric guitar as much. So I approached him and said, look, can, can you find me someone to help me turn some of my stuff into, in this hard rock kind of old school vibe thing that I want to do. And he's like, you know, let me look around, let me check. And he, and he came back. He's like, well, I've got a guy. And he's like, uh, you know, I, I talked to Kurt. He loves old school, you know, classic rock. Um, I think you guys would make a good pair. So Kurt and I got on a zoom call together and I had actually met him in person because we opened up for riot. Um, excuse me. We opened up for, metal church riot did in switzerland like in around 2016 i think 16 17 um and so you know i'd met him and we'd talked but we didn't stay connected um but we had a zoom session and we kind of bonded over our love for classic rock music um similar ages and stuff and 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 you know what happened is he he i loaded him up a bunch of my song ideas and he's like i'll tell you what you know you got some good stuff let, let, let me start by just channeling, getting in the mood and let me write. And, and Kurt, I, I, he was amazing. He's just an amazing writer. I remember him calling me one day and saying, okay, I'm, I'm done with this and that. I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to start now. And this was middle toward the end of March. And all of a sudden 
like a, a, about not even a week later, he, he's like, all right, I just loaded five songs into your Dropbox folder, our shared Dropbox folder. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I started listening and like immediately, like the first song I wrote was Running After You, which is on the album. And uh, I, I remember I fired it back to him like quickly, like within a day or two. And, and I, he heard that first song and it really blossoms on the chorus. And he was like, hey, I think we got something here. But what was funny is we almost had like this little contest going because it was like every day I'd be like, I'm loading a song. And he'd be like, oh yeah, I just loaded a song. And, and like over the course of 21 days, he wrote music for 18 songs. Um, and then probably with a week, a week more delay, you know, on top of that, I wrote lyrics and vocal melodies for like 15 or 16 of those songs. And it was like last March and April, I had shut down my factory. And so I was kind of home from work and he was really focused and, and so I would just take the songs and I like to go for walks every day, try to get my 10,000 steps in, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, I would just listen to the songs and they would just sing to me. And so lyrics and vocal melodies just started pouring out. And so really the process was quite, quite magical. You know, you really never know how you're going to interact with somebody, but Kurt is just such a brilliant, you know, musician and, and songwriter that, that, uh, he would send these songs and they were just right in the vein I was loving and, and they were singing to me. And it was, it was a magical time. I, I, I keep thinking like, wow, I, like I've had magical songs before where the song goes together quick, but not a whole album. And it was amazing. Um, so yeah. Was, so basically everything you hear, it's a total collaboration, really. I, there were, we didn't even end up going back to any of my ideas because we produced such great stuff that we didn't even have to try to dip a different well, I guess you'd say. So it was a pretty seamless process from the sounds of it then, like you're saying. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had instances where I've had more difficulty writing with someone, like you get the music and like it just doesn't elicit anything. It doesn't sing to me. And but now with Kurt, I mean, I mean, he did, I guess there were there were a couple songs that he gave me that nothing came to me and I didn't use them, but there were 16 other ones that something <laughs> did. So. <laughs> that's That's awesome to hear, especially it's cool. You know, like you said, you guys obviously riot metal church more aggressive music but to hear more of this classic rock sound because the first thing i when i i listened to it i, I got like a major like foreigner meets an updated foreigner vibe i don't know why that came to me right listening to the first track of the record i was like this kind of sounds like an updated classic rock foreigner type thing yeah yeah definitely i think you know really what we were going for is you know uh uh, you look like you're a bit younger than me, but back in the in the 80s uh, and maybe even early 80s, whatever, there was this label called KTEL and there was this commercial and, and uh, Kurt remember it too. And we were joking about it because I'm like, look, I just want great riffs, you know, memorable guitar riffs and like these soaring vocals and big vocal hooks and stuff and all this positive energy and and I'm like, it's reminding me of that commercial. You remember it? And, and in the commercial, there was these kind of couple hippie dudes. And one guy's like, hey, what's that? And one guy's like, it's Freedom Rock. And the other guy's like, well, turn it up, dude. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and so every time Kurt and I would get on a Zoom call, we'd be like, Freedom Rock, turn it up, dude. <laughs> you know, you know, people get stupid like that. That's what we were doing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think because of that, we just had this vibe of where we wanted to be and, and I don't know, like I said, Kurt just really channeled it well. And I, I think what he did is he was able to nicely grab little bits of things that, that 
it's like you, where it's like you can feel the influences, but I don't think it comes across as like a copy of anything mm. necessarily. But you can, you know, you listen to the beginning of All on the Line, and you're like, God, that reminds me of a foreigner song. But then obviously, once it kicks in, it you know the that that starts to go away. Or there's like a little, you know, running after you. The pre-chorus kind of reminds me of Rush, and you know, Long Lost Rock and Rollers. That initial guitar riff sounds a little bit like Boston, or whatever. You know, what I mean, there's just a little bit of stuff like that going on. Yeah, well, especially from a vocal standpoint, I'm sure it, it's, you know, being like in Riot, you got to be the tough metal guy. And then this is like, you know, ah, oh, it's a little more freedom, party vibe kind of kind of thing. Probably like a little bit, oh, uh, this is, you know, I, I know for me, I love both those musics, but sometimes you're like being the tough guy all the time. You're like, can we do something different? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that was certainly part of it, mixing up, certainly topically speaking, like for me with my solo material, because traditionally in heavy metal, ever since I was a kid, I, I didn't necessarily want to write about relationships a lot. So, um, and so, and that doesn't happen in Riot. It didn't happen really so much in Reverence and and, and in Burning Star. So, um, so I think for my solo material, I allow that to come through a little more. And so, yeah, I can, you know, I'm not afraid to write a relationship type song. And I didn't really have any topics that were necessarily taboo. I just think for me overall, I just wanted the album to be positive. When I think of classic rock, when I think of me like as a youngster and getting into my early teens and all that, the music was all, there was just a real positive energy about it. It was all over the radio and, and it just was positive, not necessarily party rock, but like it just was a great positive energy um and that's really what i was shooting to achieve so i i did specifically you know even though i had reasons why i could be gloomy you know during the pandemic uh i i, I chose not to uh you know not that i'm incapable of writing that type of song i chose not to exercise the the negative voice uh, on this album you know well you said the word the voice obviously you were on you know one of the this recent seasons of the voice How, with the solo record have you had people from that saw you on the show kind of like reach out and check it out and go man this is good stuff or, or, or any reaction fan wise or anybody that have discovered you from that particular show yeah, yeah, I have. Um, you know, you know, it's interesting because you get on the voice and you get like an intense amount of attention for a little while. And, and I think a, a large amount of that attention is just kind of what I would call the voice apparatus, you know, like how much of that actually sticks with you and, and goes with you. Um, but there's definitely, you know, quite a few, I mean, not hundreds of thousands or anything, but there's definitely quite a few people that know me from the voice. That's where they got exposed to me. And when, you know, that, that was part of it, you know, the, the jukebox hero and the foreigner song that I did was right in that vein. And that, that's what really happened after I was on the voice and jukebox hero. I, I felt like I did a good job with that song. That's when I called up Joe at Rat Pack and was like, man, I, I really want to do something in this old school vibe. And, and so, yeah, I think uh, definitely I've gotten a lot of positive. I mean, even some of my fellow contestants have been real nice. You know, we we stay connected and, and we positive. Uh, Todd Tillman, the guy who won it, you know, kind of did a tweet like shout out for me and stuff. So that was pretty cool. So Yeah, that's very, very, very cool. You know, obviously the pandemics affected everybody, affected live shows. Hopefully things are starting to get better. Is there a plan to go out on the road and kind of tour behind this or at least play some shows behind this particular record? Yeah, I would like to. I got to see what, you know, we can make happen. I mean, I really don't have a big name myself. I'm just kind of like, um, kind of, so, and this is being kind of a new venture, so to speak. You just have to see what kind of response we get. I mean, clearly things have to open up to make it possible, you know, for playing shows. They're doing some in some areas, but not every area. Um, but I know both Kurt and I are, are really excited about the music and I, and the way we produce the album, it just kind of sounds like a rock band. So I think it would come all across, you know, I think we could translate it to the live scenario. Well, 
Um, and we definitely like to play some shows to make it feel a little bit more like a legitimate band and not just a project. So, so I think it just comes down to COVID and also demand and, you know, whether or not we can, you know, find the right situation, you know, maybe it might be easiest for me to go out and open for somebody else too, you know, somebody else that's out there and maybe a little more established. So we'll see, we'll see if we can swing. I'd, I'd love to, you know, I also have another Riot 5 album in my future. I'm supposed to, re they're getting me some finished music pretty soon. I'm supposed to start recording vocals for that also. A busy man there. <laughs> yeah, you know that and working full time and a wife and three kids and daughters in soccer season right now and stuff. So it gets, gets a little, gets a little busy. Yeah. So I, I like to ask everybody just cause the last year has just been so crazy with no shows or anything. Obviously you have working on your solo material and, and everything like that, but I'm sure that when the pandemic hit live shows for you, you're just like, what do we do? You know, especially cause I say like, okay, Metallica, the, the huge bands are fine. They have plenty of money, but you know, the lower, the club level bands, you know, how do you guys, you know, going to survive through this? Cause we don't know, we didn't know how long it was going to last. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm in a situation where I have a full-time job and luckily, you know, it's a family business. Uh, it's a manufacturing company that, that I've been running for many years now. And so I'm actually kind of blessed where I'm to the point where my job is a little more flexible and I can take some time off to go play shows if I want to, but for the most part I'm here. So for, for me, it was like just normal. I'm just working. Although it was tough because my manufacturing companies, we manufacture bar and restaurant equipment and the food service industry was like center hit. So yeah, I mean, our sales, there, there were times when we had 50% of the orders that we would normally have. Um, so it was a pretty, you know, there was some stress there. But yeah, certainly I think there are plenty of musicians that had to go get a day job, so to speak, uh, you know, during these times. Uh, um, so, uh, and I, I think that's really the, the hard thing. And I think as a musician, what it did is, what it does is it kind of reminds you of how, how, you know, how important that live connection is. Like, I don't necessarily play it a ton with Riot. We'd usually play about six to eight weeks a year. So not like insane, like six months or anything. Um, but it is amazing that connection. And I think it had kind of this, it could almost get you to the point of not really wanting to do anything. You know, I know the, the boys in Riot, you know, they're busy working and making their living too, you know, but when it comes to the music, it was almost like you hit the pause button because we were excited to get an album recorded, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to be able to go out and play any live shows to support it. So it was like, uh, all right, pause. Cause what, you know what I mean? We didn't want to release anything and not be able to then go out and tour in support of it. Um, or at least Mike and Donnie, who kind of the ringleaders of Riot, that, that was their perspective. And so, uh, so now me, on the other hand, I was more like, I'm energized. I want to get this album out. <laughs> but, but then it took forever. You know, I actually, we, we finished, uh, I mean, Kurt, you know, he, he mixed, you know, and produced the album also. And, and so he spent, uh, it was funny, he would come back. I'm going to redo it all again. You know, I'm, all right, I'm not happy. I'm going to redo it all again. So he kept working on it. I think finally by the end of June, he had it all done. But it took us forever to get it out because, you know, trying to make videos and get the promo and stuff ready during the shutdown was pretty tough because, you know, like we had a vi the video for Let Loose Tonight. The, the initial vision was that we'd be at a club you know, with a, you know, a decent sized crowd or whatever. And, you know, you just couldn't pull it off during COVID. So we end up, ah, all right, we'll just do a, a, a backyard party <laughs> instead. You know, well, that so. was what I was going to ask. Cause you did, you've done a couple of music videos and I'm sure, like you said, it was just, I've talked to several other bands that are like, man, it was so like restrictive when we were trying to do it, how many people we could have on set, who could be there, who couldn't be. So I'm sure, like you said, you ran into that problem where it was just like, okay, what do we do here? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think the tough part for me is because like initially 
I filmed some video of me just prancing around in a warehouse. Prancing doesn't sound cool, but whatever. <laughs> Rock, rocking out in, you know, in an old abandoned uh, factory, you know. That was going to be the video, say, for Let Loose Tonight. And they were just going to then some videographer in, um, in California was going to kind of maybe shoot some scenes, and just kind of try to blend it all together. And then ultimately, uh, you know, it was just taking so long to get things done because there was fires out there. There was all kinds of crazy crap going on in California. So finally, we got to the end of the year and I was going to have two weeks off work because part of the reason I didn't want to fly out there, too, is because I'd have to quarantine when I get back and all this. But I was going to have two weeks off because it was going to be the holidays because we shut our factory down and gave the employees, you know, time off and stuff. And uh, so I was like, well, I got this free time. I'll fly out. So I ended up flying to California like on December 18th. And, and that's when we filmed it. But yeah, it was like, you know, the, everybody's wearing masks and you only got a smattering of people. And, you know, the, the video for Overdrive was outside. So it was really just the band and then, you know, so I guess technically speaking, I wasn't so careful because how do you perform with a band without masks on? And, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, but it all went well, nobody, nobody caught COVID, thank God. And, but that was part of what, why it took so long to put everything together. It was, it was just hard to, hard to film a video and do everything. Yeah, so, so well, I gotta commend you guys. Overdrive is probably my favorite song on the record. I really oh, like well, that. I really like that song. I don't know what it is. I just like I put like you said. You do your your ten thousand steps. I run like seven miles in the morning, so I put that on my workout playlist. And it's a it's just a great driving good song. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. It's a good tempo for running to. I'm sure. Yeah, that that's one where. Um, it was funny because when uh, when I first gave it to uh, Kurt to listen to, he's like, "Oh man, a, a, an actual driving song!" You know, like is you know people talk about driving songs as in the music drives, but this was actually like literally talking about driving in a car or whatever. And uh, and you know, ever since we heard it, we're like, "Wow, that that one has to be maybe the that we're thinking that one's going to be the album opener because it's just got this energy that really pulls you in and." Um, so yeah, so now I really like that song too. Yeah, I could I could tell right from the get go that was like like a good album opener. It'd be a good set opener too. So there's my contribution to your live set. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so as we as we kind of wind down here, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, you know, where can everybody check out the album? Your social media, keep up to date with anything you've got going, whether it's Riot, your solo stuff, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, my if you look up Todd Michael Hall on anything, uh, that's my webpage and that's my Instagram. And I think Facebook, it might say Todd Michael Hall solo or something. But any of those things, probably the easiest way to keep up with me, follow me on the, the social media, I guess. It's probably the easiest thing. And then you'll see uh, bits and pieces. You can always follow Riot 5's uh, uh, Facebook page or something like that, too. Um, and I try to post. I'm not real good about posting every day because I know you're supposed to post pictures, selfies of yourself all the time. I just can't do it, man. I'm too old. I'm too old. I just can't. I, and I think I look terrible every time I take a picture. I'm like, all right, forget it. So, um, but event. So I'm not going to pepper you with photos of myself. But I, if I've got something important to say, I'll let you know. So, but yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, as far as getting the album, it's on Rat Pack Records, and so. They do have some special bundles, some autograph bundles and various little things that you can look at, but certainly it's on all the digital platforms and you can buy the physical CD and the vinyl on Amazon and all the, the usual places also. All right. And my final question, if you got to pick one song off the record, is, is there a favorite or one that just sticks out to you as like, man, that that's really encompasses the album or, or just a, a favorite in general or one or two? You know, while that, that you know, that's, it's so tough for me. I was actually just texting with a buddy of mine because he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, and even when we were trying to figure out when to do for a video, I like I, for some reason, the song running after you just really uh, 
you know, really resonates with me. I think it's because it makes me think of my youth, makes me think of my older brother that was in a band with me. You know, I, I really love that song, um, you know, but but actually, I, I really don't have like a bummer song. I, I, I would say it's probably, and this, I, I hate to say this, it, it'd be easier for me to pick my least favorite than my favorite. <laughs> and, and I don't know why, for some reason, To The Bone, is, and I like the song, but for some reason, that's the one that, that sticks out to me is it's definitely not my favorite. But other than that, like I listen to All on the Line, I listen to Overdrive and, and some of these other ones. And because I really love the hook of All on the Line, I, I love the chorus on that song. And then like Love Rain Down to me, the, the great bluesy riff and uh, stuff. I just that one just really sings to me. So I love that one, too. But but even Sonic Healing and, and uh, I, like no other to me, I think the vocals on that one are kind of more challenging so so it's, and i so i hate i hate to say it when you ask a songwriter they're gonna they're like your kids man you can't pick a favorite man you know what are you trying to do to me <laughs> todd it's a pleasure good luck with it and hopefully uh things will open up and we get some shows but it's a great record and i love it and hopefully it's big success for you oh well thank you very much nick i really appreciate you doing the interview and helping spread the word that's the that's the hard part is getting people actually pay some attention to you because there's so many distractions you know Aftershock 2021, October 7th through the 10th, Discovery Park, Sacramento, with two nights of Metallica and the much anticipated return of My Chemical Romance. Aftershock with Rancid, Limp Biscuit, Social Distortion, Rise Against, The Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly, Cedar, The Pretty Reckless, Full Beat, and more. Go to AftershockFestival.com for everything. Don't miss Aftershock. I want to thank Todd for coming on the show, man. Really, really great guy, man. Really cool guy to just kick back and and talk music. Great solo album. Make sure you go check it out. Really, really good stuff. And next week, we've got a lead front man from a newer band. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but he's a big wrestling fan. And we did about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes, just talking wrestling, talking our fandom, talking about what's great about the sport, new stuff we enjoy. So it'll be a very, very fun interview once again appreciate everybody's support appreciate everybody last week wishing me happy birthday as well once again be back right here next wednesday same bat time same bat channel till then peace i'm out